thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. You know, we uh, over this last kind of couple of sessions that we've been having together, uh, Life Central Midweek, we've been looking at the book of Philippians. And um, Paul wrote this little letter to the church at Philippi when he was in a prison cell. And I, I can just picture him. I know he wouldn't have been singing that song. It's a modern song. I can just picture him in that cell uh, in his own way, just declaring that God is good. That God is good, even though he's in a prison cell, even though he's in lockdown, even though he's not going anywhere and life looks terrible to him, even though he's lost so many things. And I don't know whether he had birthdays in that prison cell, celebrations that he lost. But I think that in the middle of that cell, prison cell, I think he would have been declaring, God, you are so good. You're never going to let me down, even though he was in a prison cell. And as we've looked at this lockdown letter, we've looked at what are we learning out of lockdown as well. And I just want to recap because in the first session, we looked at three things. And here, here they are. The first thing we learned was this, that when it comes to the gospel, you can't lock it down. You know, and we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing people come to faith through this lockdown period because the gospel is alive. But the second thing we learned is this, that your inlook will shape your outlook. So your attitude, how you think on the inside will shape what you, how you look on the outside as well. The third thing we learned was Jesus is building his church. The question is, will we join him? And then last session from chapter two, we looked at this. A church that serves the world might just change the world. Church that serves the world might just change the world. And we looked at the whole power of humility and serving uh, and the way that we as a church want to engage much more in our communities. And I want to say a massive thank you uh, to you guys that are doing that. And I know it, it just thrills me whenever I see you guys at Hagley, uh, the way that you're speaking life over the businesses in the community and, and you're encouraging that. Uh, and, and I'm starting to do that here and we're starting to do that in Rowley as well. And we want to be for the community. We want to serve the community because a church that's serves the world, might just change the world. But then as we dive into chapter three, I want to look at just one learning really that I want us to focus on. And it's, it's literally this, our confidence is not in a what, it's in a who. Our confidence is not in a what, it's in a who. And um, confidence is such an important thing, isn't it? You know, the Apostle Paul possessed an incredible confidence. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, another letter he wrote, verse six, he says this, so we are always confident always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home uh, with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't feel always confident. Do you? I don't. In fact, in fact, I'll have to say over the last 14 or 15 weeks, um, there's been lots of times when I felt way less than confident. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, um, I was asked to speak at the Elim uh, conference, which is um, uh, all of the leaders that, I don't know, there was nearly, I don't know, 1,500 people there or something. And it was a big deal for me to speak at that. I was kicking the conference off uh, the first session um, and it was all amongst my peers. And, you know, I was nervous. In fact, I was so nervous. I had three dreams the week leading up to the conference. The first dream was that I was preaching and I said something really wrong, really bad, okay? The second one um, was that I fell off the front of the stage into the arms of the national leadership team. And the third one was that I'd forgotten to put my trousers on. So basically, I'm a complete complete wreck, okay? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself a combination between extreme insecurity and extreme confidence. And yet Paul says, I'm always confident. But where is his confidence rooted? 
Where's my confidence rooted? Where is your confidence rooted? You know, you know, he wouldn't have had the, the normal things that people have to, to say they're confident. He didn't have a trophy wife. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't much of a looker, apparently. He didn't have any wealth. He was in a prison. And yet he says, I'm confident in God. You know, confidence literally means the feeling or belief that one can put faith in something, a what, or someone, a who. You see, our confidence is either in a what or it's in a who. And uh, my question to you guys is this, is your confidence in a what or in a who? And you see, if it's in a what, then, then, then that's kind of the thing that you have. And many people, I call these our trophies. You know, maybe your confidence is in your job and yet many of us, that's really delicate right now. And for some of you, you're really struggling with that and we want to pray for you into that area. And that's important, but that's not where our confidence is. Maybe it's in your house or maybe it's in your, your wife or your husband or your, or your achievements. But that's putting your confidence in a what. And when we put our confidence in a what, there'll always be better what's that come along. And what about when you lose the what's? What about when you lose that thing that your confidence is in? So much has been stripped away during this, this period. But if so, if your confidence is in a who, who is the who? I know this sounds a little bit like Dr. Zeus right now, if you remember that. But if your confidence is in a who, who is the who? And Paul would say, it's not me. He'd say, my confidence is in a who, but the who is not me. And he says this, in fact, if you read Philippians 3, he says, look at my heritage, you know, look at my passion, look at my zeal, look at my achievements, you know, in the, Jew in the Jewish faith. And I've got every reason to be confident in me. But Paul, in that prison cell, he comes to a lockdown discovery. That confidence is never in a what. And if it's in a who, it's not you. It's not you. And this is what he says in Philippians 3, 7 to 9. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. In other words, all of the what's that I have because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them, and he uses a strong word, garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That word in the original language, garbage, is scubalon. It literally means garbage. It's thrown out. It's refuse. It's thrown out like to the dogs. It's the worst kind of thing you can imagine. And Paul says, all of these great things that I have are all like that garbage compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Our confidence is not in a what. Our confidence is in a who. And it's not in me. It's in he. It's in who Jesus is. It's not me, Paul would say. It's he. You know, every person has a choice in life, who or what they're going to put their faith or their trust or their confidence in. Will it be a what or a who? And if it's a who, who is the who? And I want to say that I, I think many of us are discovering during this season, you know, a deeper relationship with Jesus and a deeper push into our relationship with him because a lot of the other things have been stripped away. You know, while we were singing that last song and I just stood here in the empty, empty hall, um, just a, a handful of us here, there's actually three of us in this room uh, and just singing uh, out on my own. And, you know, for me, I love corporate worship, but a lot of that has been, well, all of that's been stripped away during this period. That doesn't mean I can't worship Jesus. I just have to dig a bit deeper. I just have to remind myself that my confidence is not in the what, it's in the who and it's in Jesus and in my relationship with him. Paul would say, build your life on self or build your life on God. You've got a choice. 
And um, I think your confidence can be either in who you, in what you have and in yourself, or it can be in what Jesus has done. And I want to give you some reasons as we draw, do draw to, it, to a close about why you and I, during this season, and I want to encourage you guys, during this season, and whether you're a young person and you're thinking about going to school or college or uni, or whether you're an adult and you're, and, and, and you're looking at, you know, going and you're back at work or you're on furlough or you're, you're not working right now or whatever it is that's the challenge for you right now. I want to encourage you guys, let's dig deep into our relationship with Jesus through this season. And I want to give you some reasons why you can put your confidence in He, in Him. Okay, he is the who that you're to put your confidence in. Number one, it's he who makes me right with God. You know, the Apostle Paul knew that. It wasn't his religious achievements that made him right with God. It was his relationship with Jesus. It's what Jesus had done for him. Secondly, it's he who defeated death. You know, I, I think anyone that can predict and pull off their own resurrection or their own death and resurrection is worth putting confidence in, isn't it? You know, Jesus actually predicted his own death and resurrection and pulled it off. And then on that road to Damascus, Paul had that, had that experience with him. And listen, Paul kept all the commandments of the Jewish faith. Paul was religious. It wasn't his religion that made him right with God. It was his personal relationship with the risen, resurrected Jesus. He is the one who's defeated death. Number three, it's he who is in me. The Bible says, the one who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I want to pray for our young people again tonight that as they head into college and uni and, and, and that sense of confidence, I want you to know, guys, that Jesus is in you by his spirit and he that is in you is greater than anything that is in the world or any one that is in the world. And then the fourth reason is it's he who is with me. Paul can say that from lockdown, from that prison. He is with me. And you know that we've said so much during the season about when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples in the storm. And we said so much about that. Martin Luther said, faith is a living, desiring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. Guys, we have to come to that point where we realise that when everything gets stripped away, we can stake our life on Christ a thousand times. He is with us. And then number five, it's he who is calling me forwards. And we come to some powerful verses in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this, Paul says. So you know, I'm not finished. I've got Jesus, but I've not finished. Because he goes on to say this, um, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Guys, if your relationship with Jesus has stalled, now is the time. Now is the moment. Say, Jesus, resurrect to Jesus. Would you resurrect my relationship with you again? Maybe you've stalled. Maybe you've lost that confidence. Maybe as that song says, you've lost that loving feeling. And maybe now is the time, like Paul in prison, to say, hey, I'm in a prison cell, but I want more of him. And he uses this amazing word, straining. And it's taken out of the, the world of athletics. And if you, if you watch an athletics race, you know where, there's, where it's really tight between a few runners and they get to the finish line and one leans his chest forward. He strains forward every sinew, every muscle in his neck and in his torso or her torso is straining to cross that line. That's the word that Paul uses. 
That's how much he wants Jesus. That's how much he wants to press on in his relationship with Jesus. He is literally straining to cross that line of relationship with Jesus. And Paul says, I want to grasp what God has grasped me for. And I don't fully understand it. I don't want to just let it come to me. I want to keep going forward. And that's his confidence. So as we draw to a close, how do I possess a confidence that really lasts? I'm going to give you seven tips. No, I'm not. I'm going to say one thing. How do we possess a confidence that really lasts? There's only one way. No Christ. No Christ. Put your roots deep into your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the only way to possess a confidence because we're all shaken. I'm shaken right now. Things are taken away. Things are uncertain. Things are unsure. We're fearful. Do we do this? Do we don't do that? What happens here? We've all got that. But deep on the inside, we can possess a confidence that lasts when our confidence is rooted in knowing Jesus Christ. And so Paul says this in verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, I want to put all my eggs in one basket, Christ. I want to pursue one goal and one dream, Christ. <laughs> I want my confidence to be one person and one person alone, Jesus Christ. Get to know Christ. Get to know Him deeply. Get to know Him intimately. Our confidence is not in a what, but in a who. And that who is Jesus Christ. Guys, we're going to sing a song together and then pray a little bit into this as we draw to a close. And I wonder whether for some of you, um, you know, you, you feel shaken right now. Maybe for some of you, you feel like you're in that storm and you're, you're not quite certain of what's going on. And maybe for some of you, you've lost that confidence. You know, there's a, a word in Hebrews, in the, in the book of Hebrews, where it says, so do not throw away the confidence that you have because it'll be richly rewarded. Maybe for some of you, maybe there's some of you, and I know this is our life central midweek, but maybe out there you've never put your confidence in Jesus for the first time. You can do that. But maybe right now, guys, some of you are being shook right now and your confidence is being shaken. Guys, we'd love to pray for you right now. I'm going to just pause for a moment, okay? And we have some people on all of our platforms, Church Online, YouTube and on Facebook. They would love to pray for you right now. Maybe for some of you, your, your job situation is uncertain right now. And every time we switch the news on, that, that there's a company that's into administration. There's, there's, there's job threats all the time. And, and maybe for some of you, that's you. That's, that's your reality right now. We would love to pray for you. Yeah, we want to pray for your job, but we want to pray for you in the middle of that. That even though you're being shaken, that your confidence in who Jesus is will remain strong. So, so if that's you and you'd like someone to pray for you and with you right now, then you can indicate on any of those platforms and the buttons will come up right now and you can do that. When you click on that button, all that will happen is someone will pray for you privately, confidentially. Uh, if you don't want to do that, then you click on the button for the website and you can go on to the Say One For Me uh, 
prayer response and, and you can put a prayer in there and we would love, love to pray for you. So let me pray for all of you right now, okay? And right where you are, begin to receive from God and then we're gonna sing this final song. Then Alison's gonna come back and finish our time together tonight. So why don't we pray? And maybe right in the, in the house where you are, in the room where you are, maybe just put your hand out in front of you. You know, I think sometimes confidence is a gift as well. We receive it by faith. We receive it by faith. We receive all of our gifts by faith, don't we? Not by sight. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so as I pray for you, maybe just put your hands out in front of you. And I want to just pray that God, the God of all comfort and strength, will fill your heart with His knowledge, with the knowledge of His power and His presence. And that when you're shaken, you'll know that your confidence is not in a what. Your confidence is in a who. Jesus, I want to pray for every single person right now that's connecting with this, whether it's live or later on demand. Jesus, I want to pray that as we open our hands, God, could we receive that gift of confidence again in You? Calm our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray again for all of our amazing young people. And God, Jenny, that parent said earlier on to pray for confidence as they go, come up to the summer and then as many of them start a new school or a new chapter, or a new year, God, we pray that they would know that You are with them, that You are in them, that You are calling them forwards and that You will never, ever leave them. And God, that's not just true for young people, it's true for us as well. And so Jesus, I wanna pray for every single person right now that we would know Your presence and Your confidence in Jesus' Name. Amen.